It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I am one of the fantasy analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. I handle the IDP department along with my partner in crime, Mr. Thomas Simons, over on the West Coast. Good evening. Is it evening? It's evening there. Good evening, Thomas. Hello, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing well. We had another exciting primetime football game. Yes, we did. And, you know, in fact, I think it's still going on. <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> it I know just the went end. <laughs> I know that mo- that uh, that Monday night game felt like that. That was uh, with the Raiders. That was a lot Indeed. of fun. Uh, lots of lots of fantasy um, value in that game, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But before we get to that game, let's talk about the Thursday night game. What did you see? Well, I saw when they started the game that the Washington football team they went with a five defensive lineman set to start the game. Now, we mentioned this before during the uh, pod, previous podcast that Washington has come out and shown a five defensive line set, um, which is, you know, an indication or it could be a reflection on their linebackers, but it definitely goes to show that they're not afraid to run this five D, DL set, which gets, you know, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis on the field all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, they've got such a great defensive line. Some uh, some other units, which we'll get into in a little bit, prefer a heavy rotation, uh, which is just incredibly frustrating slash useless for fantasy. But one of the nice things about Washington is they're like, no, they're just going to all play almost all at the same time. And, you know, if you're facing Saquon Barkley, that – could just be the game plan. You know what? We're just going to make Daniel Jones beat us. And he almost did. Came real close to beating you. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, but but they didn't. So uh, what else did you see? Well, you know, I I, I took a look at the, the Giants and, and their defense, and they didn't apply much pressure on Taylor uh, Heineke hardly at all during the night. They had one sack, uh, which was their only tackle for a loss, and they only had two quarterback hits. And that was it. Now, if you if you go and compare that to what Washington did, I mean, they had four sacks, eight tackles for loss, seven quarterback hits. I mean, a totally different uh, pressure applied. So uh, it, it didn't look very good for the Giants' defensive uh, front seven, the fact that they didn't apply much pressure. And this Washington team is didn't have a stud quarterback. So if they start running into some really good quarterbacks down the road, th- this could be a, a big problem area for the Giants. I saw um, uh, Blake Martinez having what we were hoping to get out of, out of him, which is a really good game. He had 12 tackles. That's what we want to see there uh, for uh, for their uh, inside linebacker, their every down backer. On the other side of the field, Cole Holcomb, uh, who looked like he played a ton of snaps. We we hadn't the, – the snap counts aren't in just yet because this is fresh off of that game. Um, Cole Holcomb only had six tackles, uh, which is something I kind of want to – discuss with you um one things that uh that we talk a lot about thomas and i is how the game script 
plays out, whether it was predetermined, like this is the game plan, or all of a sudden a team gets down by three touchdowns and then everything goes out the window and they have to pass a lot. So one of the things that we look at is not just what a player's, um, how many tackles a player happened to, to scoop up, how many sna- snaps they played, but also what is the tackle distribution among the team? So one of the things, you know, you, know, you mentioned all of those uh, defensive linemen, and often that means they are going to be the ones to soak up the tackles. However, the tackle distribution on, on uh, tonight's game, Holcomb had six uh, tackles, and that led the linebackers. Um, the two top tacklers were Landon Collins, which we'll get to in a minute, and Kyle Fuller, both defensive backs, followed by Jonathan Allen. And then we got we got and then we kind of get into that, like everybody kind of sprinkles in three and two tackles. So uh, Holcomb was not um, outplayed by another linebacker. Uh, there definitely were there definitely was a lot more passing than than maybe people were expecting in this game. But it does make you, you know, take a second and, and, and wonder if, if Holcomb will be. Be, uh, you know, a, a reliable linebacker. I still believe that he will be, but you know, um, we'd like to see another game or two to know that for sure. J- just for comparison's sake, John Bostic, who is kind of his right hand man, only got three tackles. Uh, so you know, that again kind of shows us um, that not a ton of linebacker production in tonight's game. And Collins last week only had two assists. Now we think Collins is rotating a little bit more and is going to be a little bit more game plan dependent. But I remember thinking like, well, let's see what Collins does. And the very first two plays, he, he had two tackles. He was, you know, um, on fire right from the start. So hopefully this is a bounce back game and we've got something more from Collins going forward. Um, but yeah, in terms of tackle distribution and these linebackers, what do you, what are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Washington football team linebackers are, are it doesn't look like they're going to be very reliable or consistent fantasy options in the coming season. Now you may get good games out of Holcomb. You may get a good game out of Davis and and, and a sprinkling good game from Bostic, but they're inconsistent. They're, they're going to be good for you one day. And then like this week, you know, they're going to post six from, from Holcomb. And then you're going to get four from the rookie Davis. And then you get two or three from Bostic, you know, in this particular game, yes, the, the, the giants threw the ball, uh, Daniel Jones threw the ball 32 times. And they ran it 28 times. But out of those 28 runs, 19 of them were running back or wide receiver runs. And Jones had nine runs himself. So um, for the most part, that means if he, in Jones's case, some of those runs were more pass uh, plays that didn't pan out. So he took off and ran. So, yes, there was a lot more passing than, than we had expected. And that could have an effect on why the, the Washington linebackers didn't do so well, but still it, this is the type of thing that I think we're going to be facing on a regular basis with Washington's linebackers. Let's move on to news and notes. Uh, Thomas, why don't you kick us off? Wow. Arizona Chandler Jones. What the heck? <laughs> he had five sacks in this game. Six solos, five sacks, four tackles, uh, five tackles for loss. He had six quarterback hits. He had two forced fumbles. This is not an every week occurrence. But with Chandler Jones, you're gonna you're looking at a guy who can post ten to fifteen sacks, and if he gets closer to fifteen, that's nearly a sack a game. So he could have two, maybe three. I mean, he's done it before three sack 
three double digit sack games. And that obviously means that there's going to be quite a few single sack games where he'll have a sack in another game. Now in big scoring play leagues, that's huge because if you, if you have, let's say you get five or four, five or six points for a sack, you're getting six, four, five, six points plus a tackle point every time he has a sack, which means that a guy like Zach Cunningham or a linebacker like Blake Martinez has got to go out and get seven or eight tackles just to catch him on that one play. Um, you also going to talk a little bit about the linebackers. Yeah, the, the, I, got, I got, I have some thoughts on these. <laughs> Jordan Hicks started the game and he took 95% of the snaps and Isaiah Simmons, he, he took 91% of the snaps. Now Hicks had four total tackles, three solos and an assist. And Simmons had nine total tackles, seven uh, solos, two assists. He had an interception and a PD. Zaven Collins is the one that, that kind of, cranked our eyebrows a little bit when he only had two solos and took just 34% of the snacks or sap snaps. Excuse me. I take 34% of the snacks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know I do. If but anyways, more. the point being, do you think that the, the Collins lack of production and lack of starting is a reflection on him? Or do you think it was because of the opponent in Derrick Henry? Well, um, the other day, uh, I was on with uh, John Hansen and Adam Kaplan on SiriusXM doing a little uh, defensive uh, streamer and IDP spot. And Kaplan mentioned that he thinks this might be a one-week thing. He thinks that this was a um, – uh, he said it might be that basically it was a reward for Hicks basically um, agreeing to stick with the team and take a, a you know kind of a backseat role – uh, so they gave the veteran basically the the first start of the season. Um, uh, it could be that it could be that they faced Derrick Henry and they thought that Hicks was a better fit to, you know, kind of play a more run heavy defense. And if that were the case, it worked. I mean, Derrick Henry did not, you know, go nuts. They did not let Derrick Henry beat them. Uh, so there's a couple of different reasons um, to to uh, lend the the theory that Hicks might be a one week play and that Collins will bounce back and get more snaps going forward. He Collins certainly looked good when he was on the field. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the few times he was able to be out there, he made a couple of impact plays. So uh, I'm holding Collins. I'm certainly not dropping him because this is that'd be no, the last thing you'd want to yeah, do. Exactly. <laughs> You know, and in Collins's case, I mean, Adam Kaplan may have made a very valid point in that. Okay, let's let's give Hicks the start because it is Derrick Henry, and and we're rewarding Hicks for what he's done with us so far and what we've asked him to do. And then turn around, and they got out to a, such a fast and, and quick lead that they just kept Hicks in there to showcase him for maybe trade bait. Yeah, absolutely, could be that. Um, we. But as of now, we you know we helped pump up Zaven Collins. Um, I looked up as much as many things as I could. Beat writers seemed you know for the team seemed just as flummoxed as us. I cannot find anything about you know. I mean, he was the three down linebacker all through training camp and preseason. So uh, to me, 
you know, uh, we we can't help but feel bad that that we that we pumped up Collins, but hopefully in a couple of weeks he will um, he'll 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 prove us right. Uh, we did get a lot of things right this 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 summer, but Collins was one of the ones that uh, so far we've missed. Another one that uh, that also has us scratching our heads is Alex Singleton. Um, he uh, you know Greg Cosell loves Alex Singleton, and it, it, he looks like he was going to be. Uh, a primary player for them. He was voted the team captain. He did not even start the game. Uh, linebacker TJ Edwards started over him. Eric Wilson, uh, his inside linebacker mate, played 60 of 71 snaps. Singleton only played 43 snaps, which is still 60%. It's not bad. Now, Singleton didn't have an awful game. I think he had seven or eight tackles, but only three of them were solo. Uh, so it was it was certainly a little disappointing, but um, you know, this is something it's going to be a similar thing to Collins. I'm going to hold Singleton just like I'm holding Collins, because if this is a one week thing, I don't want to just toss what should be an every down linebacker out on the waiver wire and then and then just and be upset because I, I kicked him to the curb one week to other. So please, if my advice is to hang on to Collins and Singleton. If you're in a deep enough league, if you only start one linebacker, let those guys go. It's not even worth it because um, you'll be able to find somebody easily on the waiver wire to replace them. If you start two or three linebackers, let's try and give Collins and Singleton another week to see what, what kind of shakes out from that. You know, and another quick thing about that before I, when we move on is the, the the notion that Atlanta used Cordell Patterson, uh, Corderell Patterson as a running back. And when he comes in the game in a running back position, now he did it 24 times in this game. When he does that, off, our defenses tend to think that, well, this is more of a play action pass situation. And so they start using their a, a different scheme to play against that uh, offensive alignment. So it definitely had to do something with, with the fact that they were playing Atlanta. And I think as time goes on, we're going to see better things from Singleton and start leaning towards what we thought it was going to happen. Now, talking about linebackers and staying on this path, let's go to Carolina. Shaq Thompson took all 65 defensive snaps, while Jermaine Carter took 95%, and Hassan Reddick took 75%. Um, Thompson led the team with uh, seven total tackles. He had five solos and two assists, and he had a sack. He had an INT. He had three uh, pass defended. Uh, obviously, there was a tackle for a loss with the sack, but he also had a quarterback hit. Whereas Carter just had one solo and four assists and a QB hit. So it's looking like Shaq Thompson is, is the play in Carolina at this point in time. Uh, we're going to shift over to defensive line. Uh, Max Crosby of the Raiders. Wow, what, what a game for him. Actually, it was, it, uh, he didn't quite put up the numbers that Chandler D Jones did, but, but it was no. almost as impressive. He had 13 pressures. Uh, I think he had two sacks. Um, and six tackles. He was just in the face of, of the quarterback all game. Uh, so if you started Max Crosby, good for you. If you, if Max Crosby's out on the waiver wire, um, he might be worthy of a pickup. Don't, don't drop anyone, uh, you know, any kind of like, uh, you know, don't stud. Don't drop but, Nick Bosa or Joey exactly. Bosa. Exactly. But Matt. I'll tell you, as we'll get into, uh, as, as Thomas will get to pretty soon here, if you had Demarcus Lawrence, 
Max Crosby might be somebody you're, you you would consider trying to grab from the waiver wire. Um, uh, other news uh, it related to um, the Raiders, Jonathan Abrams. This is what we were hoping to see last year, and we saw some of it last year, but Abrams tends to play hard and uh, you know put a lot of punishing hits out there and will usually miss some time with a you know get his sh- shoulder out of socket or things like that just from his style of play but abram's played essentially linebacker he lined up either in the box or the slot and occasionally even on the line of scrimmage he only played one deep safety snap all game and that is music to um, fantasy owners ears if abram's if you have abram's Fire him up this week because he is uh, he is playing that. Now, um, what is kind of double confirmation here is that the team drafted uh, Trayvon Merrig and they he is a perfect fit to kind of be a center fielder. And that's what it, he played. He played exclusively deep safety the entire time. Abrams had 10 tackles and a pass defense. And if you're if you want to. Uh, uh, a safety that can be more reliable than maybe some of the others who probably won't be going back into, into um, uh, free safety snaps that often Abrams is your guy. Yeah. I mean, one of those tackles he had was also on special teams. So he plays special teams as well. Um, Staying in the linebacker mode, um, Jacksonville, they, they went with a two linebacker set for about half of the game. And it was the two that we've been touting all summer long, Miles Jack and Damian Wilson. Now, Jack took 91% of the snaps, and he had nine total tackles, one of them for a loss. Uh, six of those were solos. Damian Wilson took 77% of the snaps, not as as many snaps as Jack. So it looks like Jack is the th- more of a three-down linebacker than Damian Wilson is. Mm-hmm. And Wilson had seven total tackles, but only one solo. All six of them were assists. Oof. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we were worried about for Wilson. Mm-hmm. Just because he took over uh, Joe Schobert's role doesn't mean anything. As a matter of fact, right. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, it might mean that that they clearly are changing that linebacker's role, whoever that is. So, um uh, let's move on to the Patriots. Kyle Duggar, safety Kyle Duggar. We saw in in preseason for a minute, Duggar had outsnapped uh, Adrian Phillips, uh, and then it flipped back around uh, in the in the last preseason game. But now with the first game under our belt, we've seen that uh, Kyle Duggar not only outsnapped Adrian Phillips fifty to thirty three, he also played all but one snap, similar to Jonathan Abrams. He played all but one snap within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. He had eight, uh, sorry, seven tackles and a tackles for tackle for loss. So Adrian Phillips is another one like Jonathan Abrams who we who may spend a lot of time in the box. Now, the two caveats here. One, this is a Bill Belichick defense, which means we have no idea from week to week if this <laughs> is going to stick. Um, he likely loves Phillips and Duggar and will just – rotate them and play them in different combinations as he sees fit. So I'm much more confident in Abrams than I am in Kyle Duggar, but Duggar's uh, Duggar's uh, stock certainly shot up this week. And it's based not only on this game, but again, some glimpses that we happen to see in, uh, in preseason. Indeed. So let's move on to Houston. Uh, their tackle numbers seem to be really down this week. Um, and and a lot of it, a lot of it had to do. Granted, they were down a tad, especially at linebacker. But that's expected when a team like Jacksonville throws the ball 
51 times. And they only ran it 16, and, and one of those was a quarterback run. So, yes, indeed, you're you're looking at an anomaly in the fact that Houston ran out to a huge lead on this team, and Jacksonville spent the game trying to play from behind. So it, it was more of a, a matchup problem than I think it really is a scheme problem. Yeah, and you, we're going to get into it in just a little bit uh, with another team, but, you know, <laughs> Jacksonville's just not a great offense right now, and, and um, uh, they certainly, you know, yeah, like you said, spent most of the time passing, and this is, again, like, you know, we're looking at tackle distribution. We're going to see some teams who have to throw it a lot more, and uh, their cornerbacks will have bloated numbers that week and their linebackers. So when you see, oh, man, my stud linebacker only got four tackles, um, you know, well, you guys don't have to do it. We'll do it for you. But that that's the those are the things we're looking at. Hmm, Bobby Wagner got three tackles. OK, yeah. did he get injured? No. OK, he no. played every snap. OK, so who did get the tackles? Oh, we see that it's all the outside corners and Seattle, you know, got off to, like I said, like a three touchdown lead. And then you go, oh yeah, Bobby Wagner just sat in the middle and <laughs> watched all these passes fly over his head. So um, that's the sort of thing that just goes, well, look, we just got unlucky. It's the same thing. Like if you had a running back, uh, you know, and you were hoping they would pound the ball, but they got off to a, a bad start and they had to throw it the whole game. But that's easier to see on television. It's easier to see like, okay, well, yeah, my running back just didn't get that many opportunities because they had to throw the ball too much. Right. Okay, cool. I can see that. What you ob- what often you can't see is that's what'll happen to a linebacker or to a, a to a defensive line. It can happen to to cornerbacks as well. So, uh, but we're here to try to try to help you out with that. Yeah, uh, um, you know, Cunningham had had seven tackles, um, and uh, you know, but Desmond King. Um, a a cornerback or a you know a defensive back led the team with with eight tackles. Uh, moving on, uh, I want to get another. Um, this is really more just kind of a uh, trying to set uh, expectations for our defensive line. We've talked about a couple of monster players, uh, you know, this week from Max, you know, monster plays from Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Uh, Aaron Donald, he had just one sack, and on paper that might not look like much, but he had. He had six pressures and actually probably pressured the quarterback even more than that. If you watch the game, it was that Monday night game, Rams against the Raiders. He was in uh he was in the quarterback's face all night. There was they even had all these, you know, slow motion shots of him just not being able to, you know, get the quarterback down. He was so close so many times. Chandler Jones got home almost every time he got back there. So this is what happens to pass rushers. There's there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Uh, so when when Donald gets three sacks this week and Jones gets one assist, uh, they didn't all of a sudden go from they suck one week to they're amazing the next week or <laughs> vice versa. Um, it's just that you know it's it's rolling the dice. I always say it's like having it's like having a, a pocket pair when you're when you're playing poker. Uh, man, there's if things go right, it's going to hit, but there's still a really good chance um, it's not going to happen. So. Um, I say this because I'm in a, I'm in a, a you know a, a couple of casual leagues and I I saw Aaron Donald get dropped in in two different leagues that I played and I thought oh man this please tell me this is not happening all over uh planet earth that people are dropping AD cuz he only oh. had one sack seriously I mean please don't make me slap you 
<laughs> and I say that jokingly. I'm not a, an abuser. Anyway, moving on to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they spent most of the game in a two-linebacker set. Um, Kenneth Murray took all 55 defensive snaps, and he ended up with nine total tackles, uh, five solos, and four assists. Now, Kazir White took 69% of the snaps, and Kyle Fackrell took 49%. So we were kind of surprised to see Drew Tranquil only take three total defensive snaps in the entire game. Three out of 55 is not a very good snap count. Um, White did have five total tackles and two forced fumbles, but Fackrell, all he had was a forced uh, fumble recovery. So it looks like Murray is the only really good fantasy option. Maybe White uh, on occasion will give you some fantasy production. But if you're looking for consistency, Kenneth Murray is the one to go with. And this, which by the way, is, is, is great news if you drafted Kenneth Murray last year on a dynasty league and he and he disappointed, this is what you were hoping to see. Now that is paying off. And and Murray could likely be one of these uh, rookies we talked about who had a, a tough time last year without training camp, without preseason. They couldn't fully be trusted. Now they've had a full pre, uh, preseason and training camp. And now as a second-year player, we're getting to see the the rookie production we were hoping to see last year. Uh, one other note I want to mention is Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle um, for the Eagles. He had a really nice game, put up six pressures and uh, had six tackles and two sacks. So some defensive linemen out there uh, to grab and, and, and possibly start this week. Uh, let's move on to our quick hits. Yeah, let's start with uh, Atlanta. Um Foye Olakon had all 71 uh, defensive snaps, and um, that's compared to Michael Walker's just four total snaps. So we figured that one out. <laughs> Easy math. Um, as we predicted, Logan Wilson uh, played 72 snaps, and he was the clear lead dog there for um, Cincinnati. Uh, Jermaine Pratt played uh, 37 snaps. Um Akeem Davis-Gaither had 16 and Jordan Evans had 16. Basically what that means is, you know, Wilson's the every down backer there. And then Pratt and the other two were just going to rotate depending on uh, whether it's nickel or dime or, you know, particular things like that, which means none of them can be trusted but Wilson, but at least Wilson can be trusted at least so far. In Green Bay, we we were warning you about Zadarius Smith's back issue and that he might not play in week one. Well, he did dress in week one, but he only took 18 snaps and he finished with one solo and one assist. Now, Rashawn Gary was his replacement and all he could do was have two quarterback hits, nothing else. So if Smith is not playing and Gary is in there, I, I wouldn't expect Gary to be a big or a big fantasy producer. Uh, let's stay in Green Bay. Uh, linebacker Chris Barnes really struggled. Uh, he played uh, 47 snaps uh, compared to um, Campbell, who played 56. Campbell played really well. Barnes struggled in coverage and in tackling. Um, so the question here is, uh, you know, will Chris Barnes have a snap, back, uh, you know, a bounce back game? Now, the starters were pulled in the in the fourth quarter because it was a blowout from New Orleans. So pretty much all of your production from Green Bay in terms of fan, um, um, IDP-wise, well, obviously offense <laughs> as well. Oh, my God. Well, we'll skip that part for now. But, yeah, uh, basically that that also ended up hurting uh, your IDPs. The, the, um, and another side of that coin is New Orleans. 
same thing. They they pulled their particularly their veterans. They pulled them, um, you know, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, and because Green Bay's offense just couldn't get anything going, some of your Saints uh, players played 30 to 40 snaps. Uh, and that's just basically game script. Why would you waste De- uh, Demarius, uh, Demario Davis out there and um, uh, uh, Cameron Jordan if the game is already in hand and the season's young? So uh, Davis didn't have a, a great output for you, but don't stress about that. This is clearly game script dependent. He was out there as long as he should have been out there. Uh, chances are New, New Orleans will get, won't, be able to blow out teams like that uh, that often, in which case DeMario should bounce right back. In Denver, we had three DBs lead the team with six total tackles, and a defensive lineman was fourth on the team with five total tackles. And then it was finally in the sixth spot was a linebacker who uh, came in and, uh, like I said, in six for the number of total tackles. Now, th- this is when you consider that that uh, the Giants in that opening week they had a pass run ratio of thirty seven passes to twenty rushes. I mean that again, it, it it's not it, it leans towards passing a lot, but that was because they were they kept trying to catch up to to Denver and. Your linebackers being outproduced by four other, you know, three DBs and a defensive lineman is not a good sign. No, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Josie Jewell had four tackles. Alexander Johnson had two tackles. Justin Shrenad had one tackle. <laughs> Baron yes. Browning got in the game a little bit, had zero tackles. So, yeah, a, another good game script. So don't freak out about Alexander Johnson. He still can have some LB2 and LB3 value. Um, Indeed. Yeah, so um, – and then uh, to close out news and notes, um, is Marcus May finally a thing? This might be happening. Hopefully so. He had eight tackles. He played mostly in the box. Um, so now the only thing is that Marcus Joyner um, did get injured. So does that change thing with – Things with how they're going to work their secondary. Hopefully not. Hopefully Marcus May stays closer to the box and could be more of a six to ten tackle option for us. If so, uh, he might still be out there on your waiver wire. And if he is out there on your waiver wire, you're going to go ahead and, and try to um, uh, prop up your fantasy team by scooping up some Marcus May. You can also come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Tune into Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of your some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. 
Moving on to the notable injuries, waivers, trades, and man, there are some bad ones. And there's a lot of defensive backs involved in this. Uh, Let's start with the Thursday night game. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting on Tampa Bay had a dislocated elbow on a kind of a gruesome um, play on a touchdown catch um, from Dallas. Uh, He landed on IR. Also going on IR are Marcus Peters from Baltimore with a torn ACL. Jeff Okuda from Detroit with a ruptured Achilles. Uh, in this particular case, uh, Efadu um, Melifonwo will start at cornerback in Okuda's place. And now Jason Verrett from San Francisco landed on IR with a torn ACL. You had mentioned LaMarcus Joyner getting hurt from the Jets. Well, he landed on IR with a torn triceps tendon. Um, Blake Cashman also on the Jets. He landed on IR with a hamstring injury. Um, his replacement was uh, Delshawn Phillips, and uh, actually it was uh, Jamin Sherwood uh, who on the Jets who injured his ankle in week one, and Delshawn Phillips, who was on the practice squad and was activated just be, uh, on Saturday leading into the game, he actually came in when, when Sherwood and, and Cashman were unavailable to the, to the team, and Phillips will most likely proceed as the starter next to C.J. Mosley. Now, you mentioned Demarcus Lawrence. Well, he fractured his foot in practice on Wednesday, and he's out six to eight weeks. That's a big ouch, especially when you consider that Randy Gregory landed on the COVID list. Now, he's asymptomatic and, and vaccinated, but he tested positive. Now, he can return after two negative tests separated by 24 hours, so he, he may or may not be available for this week. Now, Dre Greenlaw injured his uh, groin. He's a linebacker with San Francisco. Uh, he got this injury in week one and will have season-ending surgery, so he's done for the year. Marcus Davenport and um, Marshawn Lattimore, both on New Orleans, uh, got hurt. Uh, Davenport had a pectoral strain, will likely miss a few weeks. And Lattimore had a bone, a chipped bone in his thumb, and he just had surgery on it. And he's listed as week to week and will likely miss a, a week or two. Um, Nasir Adderley from the Chargers injured his shoulder in week one and has not practiced at all this week. Uh, so we have to watch Friday's practice uh, report and see. Otherwise, he's very questionable. And there were some notable injuries, or excuse me, notable inactives in week one. Anthony Barr from Minnesota was out with a knee injury. Tyran Matthew, Kansas City safety, had just come off the COVID list, and they didn't feel he was ready, so he sat. Javon Kinlaw in San Francisco sat out with a knee injury in week one. Frank Clark sat out with a hamstring issue. Um Bradley Chubb on the uh, Broncos, he had an ankle injury that, that made him inactive. Rodney McLeod with a knee injury. And uh, also from San Francisco was Emmanuel Mosley with a knee injury. I finally have something in common with the NFL player. Randy Gregory and I, both very questionable. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a no. second here. We're going to take a second and step aside and uh, pay a few bills. All right, let's uh, wrap things up. Uh, I thought you were going to say you were you tested positive. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> Ow! Discord. I, I did test positive for being a dumbass. Does that does that count for anything? Uh, Is there a shot for that? So um, as we move right along to our Discord board questions. Thank Shall you we for start? Writing. Yes, please write the ship. Uh, why don't you get us started, Thomas? Sorry, the ship has sank. 
Um, Vicus07 asked, what do you guys think about Zach Bond usage week one and snap total? Well, um, you know, the, the, the Saints, first of all, that was an odd game obviously, because the Saints blew out the Packers and it, it was, as you had mentioned earlier, a lot of the starters and veterans were, were rested in this game. And, and what's really odd with Bond is that he did start at, at linebacker, outside linebacker, but he, he oddly enough only took 40% of the defensive snaps. And yet, strangely enough, he went out and had led the team with five total tackles. Now, I, I like Bond, and and I know that there's an issue here because you have Quan Alexander, um, the veteran that was signed, and they they drafted Pete Werner out of Ohio State. The problem with Werner is that he's been injured all summer long and and was questionable coming into this game, and Alexander has only been with the team for a very short period of time. The fact that Bond only took 40% of the snaps and yet led the team in total tackles, that you're not going to get these numbers every week out of Bond. But he's starting to make a statement of, of hey, look, I, I should be playing more often. We're going to move on to uh, our last Discord question, which comes from Bravo One. Now, we answered this in Discord for Bravo One um, because time was kind of of the essence. Um uh, so, but we'll go ahead and address it now because uh, um, it does bring up some interesting questions. The question is: Justin Hollins and Logan Wilson are on my wire. Are either an upgrade from the rookies, Zayvon Collins or Jeremiah Owasu Koromoa? Well, we'd already mentioned that Logan Wilson looks to be an every-down linebacker, and that is absolutely the play here over these over these rookies. Um, the 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 more interesting question would be. Uh, what to do with Zaven Collins and Jeremiah Owasu Koromoa, particularly as it as it relates to Justin Hollins, who outproduced both of them. So we had already discussed Zaven Collins. Uh, he should still be fantasy relevant, but we, you know, to me he's a hold, um, and I would hold him over Justin Hollins because Justin Hollins is uh he's not an every down linebacker uh for 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 the Rams you know that that falls on Kenny Young's shoulders um Hollins did play 74% of the snaps had eight tackles he also had two sacks um he is he's not He's not really an an, an inside linebacker. Uh, he's going to be, you know, more somebody who plays a little bit more on the edge. Um, the fact that he got eight tackles uh, isn't necessarily something I think that can be as as reliable um, as as you might think, particularly compared to somebody like Logan Wilson. But also, I would take my chances on Zaven Collins uh, over Justin Hollins. Uh, Jeremiah Owosu uh, Karamoa is a is another. Uh, issue here. So, so he's in Cleveland and, uh, he's, he's on the wrong side of that, um, linebacker <laughs> rotation. Uh, Mac will, uh, Mac Wilson, um, is the other player he's rotating with. And all of that is basically playing second fiddle to, uh, to Anthony Walker. Now, Anthony Walker does, he's ha he has a hamstring. He's been kind of nursing a hamstring this week. So maybe he will, uh, you know, 
I think he's just still questionable. So, um, but either way, the fact that JOK, as we like to call him, uh, only played 40% of the snaps, that means he's, you know, you could even look at it. He's, he's not, he's, uh, rotating with Mac Wilson and Sione Takitaki and Malcolm Smith. Those four linebackers are kind of just make a big soupy mess. They're about between 30 and 40% of the snaps. And I don't, I don't see a clear path to JOK just being like, boom, I'm an immediate 80 to 90% um, uh, tackler. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to rank those. I'm going to go Logan Wilson, Zayvon Collins, Justin Hollins, and JOK. Yeah. I mean, when you, you all, you, you look at the snap counts for those Brown linebackers and you mentioned uh, JOK with the, the 38, 40% snap count. Well, Taki Taki had 34%, Wilson had 34%, and Smith had 26%, all compared to the 95% of Anthony Walker. And yes, Walker is banged up. But even with a banged up Walker, you're still, you're not going to get a true, uh, um, a, a true consistent, reliable uh, IDB, uh, IDP option every week out of JOK. And, you know, with the Rams, you Jalen Ramsey's role is kind of a hybrid, weird role. I mean, Troy Reader only took like 25 or 27% of the snaps during the game. And Kenny Young was, like you said, was the, the, the lead middle linebacker or inside linebacker. So while Hollins did have a great day, we're, we're not going to be able to to expect that kind of production out of him every week. So especially with the every week is it going to be a new defensive alignment that the Rams are going to roll out there. So I am total agreement with the ranking that you just did on those four. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us here on the fantasy points podcast, the IDP corner. Hopefully this will help you all going into week two, make some start sit decisions. Um, I've got a humongous start sit or target avoid article that breaks down each game via matchup on fantasypoints.com, uh, which gets into much more, you know, much greater t- detail than this. Uh, our man Thomas Simons is is manning the projections over there. Which, which will come out on a regular basis on Wednesdays. This week was a little bit odd because of the fact that I, I had to work three baseball games in 36 hours. So it it is going to be a Wednesday night deal on a regular basis, not a Thursday morning type. We are very fortunate to have Thomas Simons on our staff. This man flies across the country uh, every weekend to do not only baseball, but um, f- football. You'll, you know, he'll do this, the Seahawks games. He'll do college football. He's, he's kind of all over the map. And in between, uh, working TV crews and loading in and stuff and stuff. He's got his laptop out trying to um, tweak projections <laughs> and answer questions. Uh, so, um, uh, man, I love having uh, you here as as one of my cohorts to to get through this podcast and and work on IDP. Always a pleasure. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Thomas, what you got for us? Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.